Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, March 9th. Uh, markets are in a complete state of pandemonium. Um, this, in my opinion, is the closest I've seen markets trade in, in uh, 2008, 2009 like fashion um, You know, since that time. So S&P futures are trading down 145 points. They're limit down this morning, so they will not trade below this level for the remainder of the session. They can trade higher, though. So the S&P futures are down 145 points. That's 4.9%. And they're at 2819 at the moment. Europe is trading down across the board, about 6% for the major indices. Um, Brent this morning is down 20%, so that's about $9. Brent is at $36. That is off the overnight low. So Brent had been down um, close to 31 at one point, and it's since bounced. Europe, Asia was right across the board. So, um, you know, the big news this morning is kind of the price action. If you kind of are looking for specific reasons, obviously the big news came out over the weekend, um, really starting Friday, where you had the rupture of the OPEC Plus alliance, where Russia and Saudi Arabia essentially said they're going to go their separate ways and no longer coordinate. And then over the weekend, you had Saudi Arabia do a complete 180, whereby for months and months, it had been arguing for coordination and lower production and attend intending to bolster oil prices. Um, and they just completely reversed themselves over the weekend, according to various press reports, slashing prices, they're going to jack up output. Um, and, and this has kind of been their new, you know, this will be their new policy going forward. Um, oil, in my opinion, is by far the big market story today. I think it's 80 plus percent of the market moves we're seeing. I don't think the Italian quarantine measures that were announced Saturday afternoon in the U.S. I don't think that is 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 driving nearly the type of panic as what oil is. Um, I wrote about over the weekend. I wrote again this morning just how important oil is for the markets on a variety of different fronts. Um, most important, I think, in the near term for markets, it's just given how important it is for fixed income, especially high yield. It dominates high yield. It's the fang of high yield markets. There is a lot of paper outstanding. High yield markets have been under extreme stress for for weeks, um, and this is just you know a, an enormous new overhang that high yield and and credit markets in general have to face. Oil also feeds into inflation expectations as oil collapses. So do so does inflation or perceived inflation, and that um, obviously drags treasury yields lower. So you're seeing treasuries are surging across the board again. Um, and then obviously, the domestic oil industry is a huge employer of people. It's also a large spender on CapEx. So oil is critical for this market. Um, and I sent around a kind of a checklist for a rally of things that need to occur in order for stocks to stabilize. And the number one by far is oil. Um, and I, I just think it's it's super important that that oil stop going down. And obviously, you know, the news over the weekend could not have been worse. So that's really the the big news by far. Had it not been for oil, had oil, you know, had oil been um, you know trading step flat to stable this morning, I, I don't think stocks would be seeing nearly the type of panic that they are today or this morning. Um, the coronavirus news specifically. You know, I'd have to say, if you really look at everything in aggregate, it's, it's either neutral to maybe even somewhat positive. So you continue to see real remarkable progress on the China case count front. If you believe the numbers, I know there are a lot of skeptics that think um, that, you know, that that the numbers are not being accurately reported. But, um, you know, you are seeing outside of the Hubei province now for two days, you've not had any um, you know community spread cases get reported and even South Korea which had been one of the largest non-china areas um, of coronavirus cases they're also experiencing um, a positive downward trend on um, on the rate of infection so I think in aggregate the coronavirus 
um, you know, story is certainly positive. I think in the U.S., you, you're continuing to see an increase in, in cases. There's also a lot of concern about the availability of tests, the ac- the, the you know, the accuracy of the numbers that are being reported. You don't seem to have necessarily um, a lot of coordination among the various different health departments at a state level, at a city level, at a federal level. So there's certainly, uh, you know, a sense that the amount of cases in the U.S. is much larger than is being reported. You are seeing the CDC case avail- uh, test availability numbers improve. So in theory, you should see an increase in the reported cases just as, um, you know, the, the testing kits are, are made more widely available. So the CDC says by the end of this week, there should be 4 million tests um, available in the country. And, and that obviously that should lead to an increase in cases. The Italian measures certainly, um, you know, were draconian, but also we'll have to see if they're successful too. So I think people will be watching, um, you know, the case the case count numbers out of that region in Italy over the coming days and weeks, just to see if there's a, you know, downward trend in the, uh, the rate of infection. That um, So that's really kind of the, the big news today. Like I said, oil by far is most important. Um, you know, the, the coronavirus news, I would have to say, um, is somewhat encouraging in aggregate. So, you know, I think just obviously markets are in a complete state of panic. Some of the, um, I, I think some items that should cause investors maybe to kind of curb some of their pessimism. Um, I do not think that this is the, that this was kind of a, a premeditated policy on the part of Saudi Arabia. Um, it seemed to have been a somewhat impetuous decision. The Russian action of not uh, agreeing to any increase in production cuts on Friday seems to have taken OPEC and Saudi Arabia completely by surprise. Um, and so this seems to be somewhat of an impetuous response from Saudi Arabia, which is not that unusual for the government under the present leadership. And so I would not be shocked if you were to see um, some of this action get dialed back over the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, I just, this is not beneficial for the Saudi economy. It's not beneficial for the Russian economy as much as they want to inflict pain on the U S shale industry. Um, you know, they do not have as much flexibility, I think, as, as maybe markets assume or, or as they think they do. Um, and so, like I said, I, this does not seem to be the intended response in markets. I do not think that Saudi Arabia wants to see crude trade at these levels for an extended period of time. Um, I also think if you go back to Friday afternoon, Boston Fed President Rosengren, I think, made a very provocative speech where he talked about quantitative easing and the fact that if the Fed is going to be um, is going to use some of its non-center policies going forward, including balance sheet expansion and asset purchases, it's going to have to think about a pool of assets to target beyond simply treasuries or mortgage-backed securities. Um, you know, I think implicit in that comment is that they may have to start looking at corporate debt to include in in future purchases. Now, um, you know, this is very much kind of an academic speech. He he cited research that has been published before about how the pool of assets may have to expand. So I don't necessarily think he was signaling an imminent shift in policy. And also, in order to expand into corporate bonds, it's unclear, but it may require Congress to change some of the Fed legislation. So obviously, it's not necessarily an action the Fed can take unilaterally. Um, but I do think that is certainly positive for sentiment, especially given how um, stressed corporate credit markets are. So if you if you were to see Powell echo that sentiment at the coming press conference, so next week, the next Fed meeting on the 18th, um, I certainly think that would be um, a positive for markets. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out over the coming days and weeks. Um, 
on the calendar for today, there's really nothing um, other than a couple of of, of earnings reports and some uh, in some conference presentations. There's no macro news out in the U.S. Um, you know, the big macro events this week are you have another day of primaries tomorrow. It looks very likely that that Biden um, will will become the nominee. He's set to do very well in Michigan, which is the big state tomorrow. The ECB on Thursday. Um, Obviously, there's going to be some type of a response, if, even if it's just rhetorical, where Lagarde signals uh, policy action in the future. But they have a lot less flexibility on rates. I think um, should they deepen the deposit rate further into negative territory on Thursday, I do not think that would be positive for markets. The the bank price action globally is dreadful and it's awful in Europe in particular. Um, you know, you have the European bank index down seven percent. Um, they're getting absolutely slaughtered. If you were to see the deposit rate brought lower into negative territory, like I said, I think that would just exacerbate market um, conditions at the moment. The ECB de- definitely does not have as as much flexibility as the Fed does. Um, and the BOJ has even less than the ECB does. Um, so that's kind of the, those, those are the two big macro events for the week. And then you just have a few more earnings reports on the calendar. So um, that is essentially it for today. Like I said, the, I think the big focus today is just the price action more than more than the news. There is really only one major news item, and that is um, you know what happened with oil markets over the weekend. So that is everything for today. Um, thank you for listening.